Hi, I'm Bailey. And I'm Kara. And this is Mimosas with Hermosa podcast. We're glad you're here. Cheers. Cheers. Kara, you want to hear a joke? Tell me. <laughs> How did the funeral director know the casket was sick? Was sick? Mm-hmm. It had tissue on it. <laughs> it was a coffin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're welcome. Wow. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I, I heard it today and I had to share it with I was going to say, it's one of your favorites. How often are you using that? Just the one. I wanted to test it out and see how it went. I'd be your friend if you... Immediately, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a little dark, but it's still pretty funny. No. Not in today's world. Everybody's coughing. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> We're all sick caskets. Oh, goodness. Well, at least it's warmed up. It has warmed up. It's beautiful. I can't wait to see what the, you know, weekend holds. It could go back to Tundra. We never know. You'd never know in Texas. That's right. Speaking of Texas. <laughs> Was that a good segue? Yeah. Do you like how I set that up for you? You really did. And I just knocked it right out of the park. (laughs) Let's talk about Texas. Let's talk about Texas. Let's talk about Bailey becoming a Texan. Yeah. But before we get into the things that Bailey loves about Texas, because I'm sure there's nothing she hates about Texas, I'm going to hit you with some random Texas facts that you don't know that I have. And I've done some... Preparation for this episode. Oof. Okay. So here for our listeners who are probably all in Texas, aside from anyone in your family. <laughs> hey, I have friends elsewhere. Thank you. Okay, very great. Much. For those people and for you, here we go. <laughs> Texas, an independent nation called the Republic of Texas in 1836. Texas is 268,820 square miles. It is bigger than every nation in and the second largest state in the U.S. behind Alaska. However, we have over 60 times the population of Alaska. I can only guess because there's so much land in Alaska that nobody inhabits. We had 24.3 million people in 2022. And the Texas economy is one of the lowest in the world with a GDP of $1.9 trillion, which is more than Canada. We have, on average, 139 tornadoes per year. <laughs> Our flag is red, white, and blue, just as the flag. The red is for bravery, the white is for purity, and the blue is for loyalty. The Texas State Capitol, this is so good. The Texas state capitol is taller than the U.S. capitol by roughly 15 oh, because we cannot be one-upped. 
Texas has the fastest highway in, in the United States, which is SH-130 between Austin and Seguin at 85 miles an hour. I love getting on that highway. The term Maverick came from Samuel Maverick, a 19th century Texan rancher who refused to brand his cattle. And Dr. Pepper, who everyone loves, was invented in Texas. Did you know these things about Texas? No. I mean, I, I could believe the tornado one because I lived through one. Um, I could believe the state capital one because everything's literally bigger in Texas. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I did not know the rest of those. Okay. Now for my favorite part of random facts <laughs> about my favorite state. Did you know that it is illegal to commit a crime in Texas without giving a 24-hour notice? What? You must also give the nature of the crime a 24-hour notice. And if you give a 24-hour notice with the nature of the crime, it is not illegal to commit said crime. So if I say, tomorrow night, I'm going to kill you because you threatened to kill me. I mean, Google says that's not illegal in Texas as long as I let you know first. But is it letting me know or letting the authorities know? I'll just put a blanket statement out on Facebook. That's letting, I'll tag you in it. That's letting Dear you Bailey, know. good luck. Love, Kara. Good luck Godspeed. <laughs> it is also oh. illegal to milk someone else's cow. Oh, I hate when people milk my cows. <laughs> in Texas, you cannot eat your neighbor's garbage without their permission. My neighbor does that all the time. <laughs> I know your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> You cannot shoot buffalo from the second story of a hotel. Man. Also, (laughs) two legal parties who are over 18, willing and unmarried, can be considered legally married if they're married three times. It's like the Beetlejuice of love. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. All you have to do is make someone else say it three times, too. And like they maybe I could like give them a script where they like accidentally say it. Sure. You know, like I, we'll we can make this work, Kara. I think, I think this is really the way this happens so quickly. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine? I mean, I know that we're a common law state. But I guess in my mind, I always thought common law meant you need to be together for like longer than seven years or something like that. I'm not sure why I have that in my mind, but no, I didn't. Turns, turns out you don't have to be married for seven years. You just need to say together that we're married three times and you can't be married to someone else and you can't be under 18. And you must also want to marry the person who's saying that they're yours. All good qualifications. I mean, it I seems would expect practical. all of those for someone that I would want to marry yeah i mean with or without the three times you know yeah you don't legally have to have a windshield to drive a car in texas but it is illegal to drive without windshield wipers Oof. (laughs) i literally have no comment i i don't know (laughs) 
This one's my favorite. Okay, think about this. You got to get your thinking cap on. When two trains, when two trains are crossing, both must completely stop and not move until the other train has left the crossing. That doesn't work. I'm really not sure how it works. Maybe we could get like a, you know, train cap. I'm back in math class where it's like, this train is going this many miles per hour, and this train is going this many miles per hour. When will they reach the same destination? I don't know. (laughs) When they get there, they have to stop until another one moves. Maybe just cut the engines and just, like, roll through? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I just was like, this is so Texas. Like, you're not moving. You're not moving until the other person moves, but the other person can't move. So we don't know when anybody's going to move. I mean, that would explain the train that's been on the tracks across from my house for the last three months. So maybe that was it. it. That explains it. We don't need to get with a city about that. We're good. Yeah. No, I have no complaints. (laughs) Some random city names in Texas that cracked me up. There's a Ding Dong, Texas, outside of Killeen. (laughs) There is Cut and Shoot, Texas, outside of Conroe. And then the following four... no idea where these are i didn't take the time to google it but i thought they were cute pancake texas no uncertain texas we're a little uncertain where that one is <laughs> you're so funny <laughs> earth texas and happy texas i've heard of happy and i think that's precious i'd love to live there anyway that is that concludes Texas, and i hope that before you begin to talk any kind negativity about our favorite state that you remember just how great it is and you can kill me as long as you tell me that's right exactly (laughs) i feel like most texans don't know the facts that you did and if they did know them they're like the texan that we make fun of like the lives and breathes everything Texas 24-7, which is most people, but there's, like, the extremists, too. There was one I didn't want to include because of the stereotype that Texas has that, like, everyone gets on their horse to ride it to work every day. A law in Texas is that your horse has to have taillights if you ride it at night. (laughs) So, I didn't put that on because I was like, oh, gosh, that's going to just make all the people in any other state, which is probably, like, five go nuts because they think that we ride our horse to work every day and we ride, we wear cowboy hats all day long when we, when we sleep, you know. Anyway, it was pretty funny because I'm, I'm like imagining shaking taillights at night. <laughs> like, do they just attach under the tail and, you know, you just <laughs> you put a flashlight in there and just start flicking it for Attachment at your local automotive store. See, this is the research we need in the world. This is what we need to know. I had the best time coming up with these things. And so much of it I didn't know. And it was just like, this is furthering my reasoning for loving this place so much. Because it is just so backwards. There is no place like it. You're right. So tell me, what things that you have found... I'm not going to say irritating because there's none of those. How many? No, things- and I have nothing bad to say. Let me just preface this. Like, I have nothing bad. It's just different. Is yeah, all. What, what are some things you found weird about Texas? So, 
I'm going to do another preface with, I have traveled a lot and I have been to a lot of the United States. Mm-hmm. So I have seen cultural and other types of differences through various states in comparison to my home, which is Colorado. Okay. Yes. However, I have lived in Missouri and that wasn't much of a culture shock at all. It's pretty, pretty Midwest, pretty low key, but moving to Texas was a culture shock. I know for a fact that I've told my friends at work, I've told my parents, I'm not sure I've told you yet, but I've told numerous people I have moved to a foreign country. And there's no derogatory to that at all. So first of all, to give my people, you know, my two people that are listening from other places. um, But okay. (laughs) I live in central Texas and Texas is broken up into regions. As you heard Kara say, it is huge. It is massive state. When I drive home for Christmas, 90% of my drive is Texas. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge state. So I'm in central Texas and it is fairly warm. It's fairly humid, but there are a ton of different animals, a ton of different scenery. It's just different than anywhere I've ever lived. So for instance, last week when we were recording it, how cold was it? 30 degrees maybe? Yeah. Really cold. And it wasn't a dry cold and people always say, well, it's the humidity that makes it cold. It's true. It's absolutely the humidity that makes it cold because 30 degrees at my old home is a beautiful bluebird sunny day. Like, let's go skiing. Let's go do something. 30 degrees here is bone chilling and I don't want to leave my house. (sighs) (laughs) But on the flip side, that humidity also adds a nice blanket of heat in the summer Oh, gosh. Is that considered nice? No, 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 no. At home, 75, 80 degrees is blazing hot. One, altitude. You're closer to the sun. Two, it's a dry heat. So you're basically just roasting. Down here, it's like a convection oven. You just keep getting hotter, even though the temperature stays the same. And you cannot get cooled down. And your skin is always wet and sticky. And your hair is always frizzy. Like humidity has changed me. But on a good note, it has made my skin so much better. Anytime I go home, I like dry up like, a I don't know, and it's bad. And like everything starts peeling and it's flaky. And then I come back here and my hair is shiny. My skin's good. So humidity does have its perks, but it makes everything colder and everything hotter. I've heard this about the skin up there. Like you, you've got to like cake the body butter on like mm-hmm. morning, and night, middle of the day, like just to get by that. That's like unimaginable for me because for so long I didn't do any of that. Now that I'm older, old, <laughs> I'm a little bit of it, but like, I can't imagine having to do it just so that I'm not flaky. Yeah. And chapstick, big deal. Like, and you cannot drink enough water at home. One, altitude sickness is a real thing. I've learned since I'm no longer acclimated to 10,000 feet. But, like, you have to drink so much water and you have to put on so much chapstick or you will look like a dried up sponge. I'd love to know. This is 
go off subject, but I'd love to know the ratio of like chapstick sales in Texas versus up north or where the elevation is higher. Well, now you have a homework assignment, Kara. I probably have to contact somebody for that. Can you imagine like corporate chapstick brand, Burt's Bees? Excuse me. Can you provide the ratio for how much is sold in Colorado versus Texas? Nothing would nothing would surprise me about that if you did it. Nothing. I do it just to see. Maybe I'll do it and we'll come back on the next episode and just give us results. Or just recap. Or actually just say nobody ever answered because they think I'm crazy. I should link the podcast. Yeah, maybe they'll sponsor us. Chapstick, come get us. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, the climate is completely different. And it's completely different in what region you go to, too. Like, I have friends in Amarillo. And one day, they're under snow. And then the next day, they're blazing hot. So, up there is a completely different world. West Texas and then South Texas is just hot all the time, constantly hot. And then East Texas is like getting too close to the Louisiana swampland and it is sticky and humid. And so like right here, we kind of have a little bit of all. Texas is its own weather system, depending on what region you're in. Like it's basically four different states in one with all different climates. There's like a whole, I don't know if you know this about Texas, but there's like a whole group of people who, because we were, we were our own nation to begin with, they think we should secede from the union. And like comments like you just made that like we have our own weather system, that just fuels that fire. Like not only <laughs> do we have more money than Canada, we have our own weather system. Like we don't need your tornadoes. We've got our own. We can bring our We own. create our own tornadoes. We don't need to do but we've got plenty around here. <laughs> Speaking of weather, okay. That's, whew. So I bought this house in February of 2018. Mm-hmm. April of 2018, Franklin had its first ever tornado. And it came right up this highway, right by my house, right here in 79. And I had no idea what to do. We don't do tornado trainings. We don't do severe weather training. Like, all we know how to do is drive in six feet of snow when it's 60 below. Okay? So, here I am. I just bought this house. And my cell phone signal and my power and everything just shut off all of a sudden. Well, that's weird. I, like, couldn't call out. I couldn't text. I couldn't do anything. Then my cell phone signal came back. And I had a bunch of messages that said, take cover, tornado coming your way. Are you okay? What's going on? And I'm like, what in the world? I had no idea it was coming. No clue. So I get all these messages. And I, at the time, I really didn't have any local friends. Like I had my work girls, but like at the time I was still new and I didn't, I just moved in. I don't know the neighborhood. I don't know anything. So I called my realtor who sold me this house. And I said, uh, I don't know what to do. There's a tornado coming. What do I do? She was in college station. So she was, but she like gave me all the instructions. She said, like, get in a closet or your innermost bathroom, like get under a mattress, whatever you can do to take cover. And so I am literally, and I have a picture of it. I'll have to show you sometime, but I ripped off my mattress off my bed, 
I stuffed it in my closet and I hid under my mattress in my closet. And mind you, I had four minutes from the time that I saw the text messages, called my realtor, and ended up in the closet. At that time, my dog was freaking out. I was freaking out. I was on the phone with my parents, literally doing like the last phone call. Like, I love you so much. Like, thank you for everything. Like, the whole nines. Like, I was doing the final phone call. My texts were blowing up. Bree was calling me. She was in Ohio. And she was just telling me basically to breathe. And like, I guess Kyle was watching the radar. I heard the tornado start coming closer. My pictures on my wall started falling off. And I was like, this is it. I'm going like, this is, this is it. Here we go. And so parents and like, just bloody murder. And I've never heard my dad cry in my entire life. And so it was just like high emotions, crazy. And then my ears popped and then it sounded like a train was driving through my house. And I was like, this tornado is ripping off the other half of my house. Like, there's no way it's not. So then I kind of calmed down. The sound calmed down. My dog fell asleep. And so my dad was like, okay, Bailey, like, what's your dog doing? Because animals know. Sure. And so he's like, what's Phoebe doing? What's she doing? I said, honestly, dad, she's sleeping. What does that mean? And he's like, it's over. I was like, okay. And he's like, go check out, go see what's going on. I said, no. So I stayed under my mattress for like another five minutes. Cause I did not, I didn't want to see what happened. Right. And so Bree called me and she said, Hey, you know, it's the radar says it's past you. Are you okay? What's going on? I said, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm okay. I don't know. So I finally crawl out of my closet and I walk out and I hear ambulances and um, police uh, vehicles going by. There's knocks on the door, people checking in on me. It was crazy. Like it was the craziest 24 hours of my life. I was the most fortunate because I was probably the closest the tornado got to somebody without doing damage. Mm-hmm. Um, like it came through my backyard, it ripped up a huge tree, tore up my fence, but my house was fine. My car was fine. Everything was fine. And honestly, that tornado was probably, how far would you say the highway is from me? I don't even know. hundred yards, maybe. Yeah. Like it came right down the highway. So that leads me to two things. One, <laughs> I learned my biggest fear in Texas, which is tornadoes. Uh-huh. Anytime there's a dark cloud, I just, I turn into a psychopath. And two, the kindness that Texans have in distress uh-huh. is unbelievable. Like I did, like I said, I didn't know very many people at the time, just the people I worked with. They all called me, text me. They sent their family and friends to check in on me. I had Facebook messages from people I've never met. They were just relatives of the people that I work with. Um, I had Instagram messages because that's the only way people could get a hold of me or that's the only way they knew me. Um, I had people sending me news articles because we made the national news. Right. And they sent me like all these articles and they're like, are you okay? Is there anything we can do? Where can we donate? What do we need to do? And it was so cool because Franklin actually had to turn people away from donating and volunteering because they had too much, which mm-hmm. is so surreal and I'm not saying that doesn't happen where I'm from but it's definitely a different vibe for sure 
I remember that. And I remember us from work bringing like a barbecue trailer and we fed um, whoever wanted to come place by the tornado and also the volunteers that were cleaning up we were just I think it was sausage wraps that we did that day and I remember bringing Caroline my oldest with me because at that time I wanted her to see like the destruction it wasn't that I wanted her to see the destruction I wanted her to see the aftermath of like how you how you care for people that are in distress how you rescue somebody that's gone through something like this and and I wanted to show her how fortunate we were that we didn't and um anyway it was a good experience for her I don't know that she actually remembers it I hope she does I should probably ask her but um I've heard so many instances where the same thing has happened where first of all I remember seeing like rescue teams from all over the state come to Texas over the next week and and it seems like cleanup happened relatively quickly. Very yes. fast. Very, very fast. And so there was team, teams from all over the state here in Franklin. And I can imagine that y'all had to turn people away because not only, I mean, people were taking off work to come in and clean up. And it was, it was a really cool effort to see. And we saw some of the same things happen with like Hurricane Harvey. And that was a huge thing for Houston. And you saw so many people just pour out everything they had to go down there and rescue people that were stuck in their houses and couldn't get out because of the high water levels rising. And that's, it's just, you're right. I've heard it over and over again when people come to like college games at A&M or Texas from other schools in other States, they always say like the hospitality is bar none, the best they've seen because Texas people are just nice. They're just welcoming. We greet everybody with a smile how are you? How are y'all? How, how's your mom and them? You know, the whole thing. Um, so that's true. I, I do really love that. I can't imagine living somewhere where I didn't feel that sense of family. And I'm sure every state has that sense of family. It's just not the entire state. Like, yeah, it's crazy how many people turn out for, for other people that they don't know here. Yeah, for sure. And like, like I said, it's not maybe state specific, but I do, it's a different vibe down here. And I was telling, I think it was Bree and maybe a couple other of the girls at work, but um, I said there's a difference between Midwest South or Midwest South. Oh boy. Midwest nice and Southern nice. And I, I mean this from an outside perspective because Midwest nice is like overwhelmingly nice and like they don't get fired up. They don't get heated. Like, Oh man, Bob just pushed some snow over to my driveway and now I now I gotta go shovel it. Dang that Bob. You know, just nothing like ever fires them up. Did you just turn on your Midwestern accent for that. Yeah, wasn't that pretty good? <laughs> Dang that Dang that Bob. <laughs> so People I met in the Midwest are gonna kill me. But um so like they're over like it's almost like Canadian nice, you know? And nice. down here it's, it's different and it's going to be hard to explain, but everybody's so warm and welcoming and like, you know, how's your mom and them kind of thing. But the moment a Southern woman decides that she is not into you, it's game over. Right. You're done. You're done for. Yeah. Like there's no going back. And like, it's different because like, 
everybody brings casseroles and food and, you know, everything's centered around food. I've noticed in Texas, which is not a bad thing. I'm loving it, but you know, everything you do is food involved. You know, you go to church, then you have lunch after, um, you have a party, everybody brings their favorite dish. Like you're never left without food ever. True. But I have noticed that like Southern, especially women, Southern women are hard to become friends with because they seem cold but really I think they're just observing you and quiet and reserved and once you're in you are in like they will roll out the red carpet for you no matter what like you're their best friend like you're in but the moment they don't like you it is scary I don't, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't know that I've ever met a Southern woman and maybe, I don't know, I didn't really know this was a Southern thing, but a woman from our area or from Texas that didn't seem to have some sort of intuition about people. And I think that maybe that does come from the like observation hours we give people before we fully like embrace them as one of our own. Yeah. That's, that's true. Because like, I, like when I went to that concert with you and this is not mean at all, when I went to that concert with you, the first time I met you, it took a while for you to engage with me specifically. But once Mm -hmm. you did, you brought me food. We were friends for life, but I think you took that time to be quiet and observe me in that situation and see how I handle certain situations to see then how you would approach me. That's true. I think I can be so socially abrasive, like too forthcoming with the love. And so I I do try to scale back to say like, okay, are they socially awkward or are they not vibing with me? Are they not feeling me? And if I get the sense that they're not feeling me, then I'm going to give them their space and also seemingly not feel them. But that's a whole thing. I never knew this. Yeah, it's very intimidating when somebody introduces me to somebody new, and we'll get into Southern men, don't don't disregard that, but when somebody introduces me to a Southern belle, I mean, Southern belle is a real thing, when somebody introduces me to them, they are, they greet me with a smile, they introduce themselves, and then for the rest of the time that I am with them or in this environment, they are very quiet. And I always thought it was shyness. I always thought it was like Southern politeness. Like you don't speak unless you're spoken to. All these concepts are going through my brain. But being here for almost four, yeah, four years now, I've decided that they are sizing you up. I think you're right. Now that I think about the way that I act towards people that I've just now met. Yeah, you're right. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, I wish I sized more people up. I mean, I am like bubbly, friendly until I get the vibe that you're not into me. And then I'm I'm like trying too hard to make you like me. And Southern women do not have that complex. That's true. It's either like love us or hate us. But even me, I want you to love me. And if you don't love me, I'd like you to give me five reasons why. (laughs) And then. I will still talk you out of those five reasons if you, if they're even remotely invalid. <laughs> I think that's the uh, Enneagram in you. Yeah. Enneagram three. <laughs> Back to the again. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's the Southern women. And that's just something I've noticed. And, you know, I don't take anything away from them. They are the nicest people and they are the kindest, most giving, whatever, but you don't cross them. You do not cross the Southern woman like at all, ever whatsoever. Um, so Southern men is a very complex thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm the unicorn I don't know if it's the Southern mentality. I don't know what any of this is. But for some reason, and I work in the cattle industry, but I'll also tell you a story about me shopping at a home improvement store. For some reason, when they see a single woman, relatively young, I'm getting older by the minute, but a relatively young single woman, automatically, and I don't know if they're trying to be nice or judgmental, but they want to overcompensate and ask too many questions as to one, why is she by herself? Two, what is she doing here or in this industry? And three, is she married? Is that why she's here? Is that why she moved to the South? Hang so on. The- Who has asked you these questions? Okay, numerous people, numerous. I would guess over 10 men have asked me so I would like greet the clients at the front desk and they talk to me on the phone um but then I would meet them and they said oh so what like are you from around here I'm like no I'm from Colorado moved to Texas well what brought you here did your husband get a job here no I got a job here oh okay so what does your husband do like I don't have one oh boyfriend no like they just keep grinding into that and then it's once they find out that I'm here on my own, I work for myself, like I do everything by myself, live by myself, whatever. They get very sheepish towards me. And it's very weird. And I, and I don't mean this mean, I really do think the Southern Boys Club is still alive and well. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about my... <laughs> Lowe's experience all my friends who are hearing this I'm sorry this is like the 1000th time you've heard this story but it's new to Kara so it's important so I would say a year or two ago it was summer the grass grows here like crazy that's another difference your growing season is 10 months long at home it's two months and you better like take care of your garden because that's all you're going to get for the year but anywho I digress on that so I went Someone who loves to mow the grass. <laughs> Imagine living in Nevada where there's no grass. Like, I love to mow the grass. It is therapeutic for me. Um, it is my time to solve the world's problems with my jams on. So I love that about Texas. Now, it may die. The grass may die in August because there's been no rain for two months and it's a heavy drought. But I'm going to have to mow my grass religiously from about April to late August every year. And I love it. And I hate mowing the grass. I hate it. I will mow your grass for you. Perfect. You mow the grass. We'll do a podcast. We'll eat dinner and we'll call it a day. Dude. (laughs) So I needed a lawnmower because the one I had just wasn't cut, literally wasn't cutting it. Um, so I did my research before I went to Lowe's, I looked at all the reviews, I looked at all the specs and mind you, I have worked machinery, I've worked lawnmowers, like 
I know what the qualifications are for what I need. I know how big my yard is, whatever. So I do my research. I pick out the one. It tells me what row it's in. So I go to Lowe's. I walk in. I find my lawnmower. And the box is on the ground. And it doesn't have any handles on the box. So there's a guy down the row. And I just said, excuse me, sir. Can you please help me load this lawnmower onto my cart? He comes over and he helps me. And I said, thank you so much. He said, is there anything else you need? I said, no. This was just another citizen. This was not a Lowe's employee. Well, here comes Mr. Lowe's employee, okay? And I'm, like, driving the cart to the checkout. Like, I'm done. I've got what I wanted. I'm headed home. And he corners me, and he says, why did you pick this lawnmower? I said, well, it's perfect for the yard that I've got. It's, you know, a good engine. It's got, you know, self-propelled it's everything that I've ever wanted in a lawnmower I guess I don't know and he said where's your husband like uh not here he said well did your husband pick this out I said no I did he said well are you sure this is the one you want I said yes I'm sure this is the one I want and I I try not to get irritated because I'm like well maybe he's trying to be a salesman and you know put me on a more expensive lawnmower I don't know if it's motive I don't know So then he says, well, did you talk to your husband about this? Is this the right investment for you? And I said, I do not have a husband. Oh, well, do you have a significant other? No. Well, how do you know this is the lawnmower that you want? I said, I have researched it. Like, this is the one that I want. And I'm starting to get mad. I feel my blood pressure rising right now. Yeah, I'm starting to get mad. And I'm like... Dude, no, this is the one I want. Mind you, the guy that helped me load the lawnmower is down the aisle, and he's watching this all unfold, and I can feel him trying not to laugh in in my benefit. Um, so I'm standing there, and this guy's just popping off, and he's like, well, this one, you know, the tires are bigger, so it's going to be easier for you to push around the yard, or do you have somebody to mow your yard? I'm like, no, I mowed my yard. And he's like, well, are you sure you don't want the bigger tires? It's going to turn easier and it's going to push easier. It's just going to make your mowing experience much easier. I said, no, I want this one. Like I'm checking out. I'm done. And he just keeps hammering me about this other lawnmower. And I said, sir, do you get commission on this lawnmower? Like, do you get commission for selling this lawnmower? He said, no. I said, okay, so let me buy this lawnmower. This is the one that I want. I'm leaving. He said, well, do you need to run it by your dad or somebody? like oh my gosh I'm like no no I don't like this is the one that I want please leave me alone and he said okay well um if you're sure this is the one you want but if you come back in two weeks I can I can get you a different one if you realize it's too hard to operate I'm like I'm just getting mad and I'm like sir I don't have a husband I didn't call my dad I can assemble this lawnmower I can push this lawnmower I have mowed yards my entire life to help my mom and make a paycheck I know how to mow please leave me alone I'm gonna go check out or do you need to walk me to check out too Mm -hmm. the guy at the end of the aisle just starts busting out laughing and this guy's like I'm so sorry I didn't mean to offend you ma'am like we don't get a lot of females in here buying lawnmowers I said no wonder I said, no wonder you don't get females in here buying lawnmowers. And I just walked off and he said, wait, 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 you need fuel additive for your fuel. I said, I already have it in my cart. Well, are you sure it's the right one? And I just walked off. I was done. (laughs) And so like stuff like that, and people don't think it happens. It happens to me in Texas all the time, all the time. I'm speechless. First of all, I'm actually not speechless, but 
I would have told him, like, no, I probably wouldn't have said this to him. But, like, even if you got that lawnmower home and it wasn't what you needed or you couldn't maneuver it or you couldn't put it together or it didn't have the right wheels, listen, buddy, I'm going to make this thing work. <laughs> you not see me back in here returning this thing or <laughs> ever that you were right. I will break my back trying to push this through my yard just to prove a point. And honestly, the point was proven already because of what you said. Whoa, I didn't know this was a thing. I would be so furious. Yeah, it's crazy. So just for, because I want to keep rolling, but something else I've noticed about Texas, this leads me to the, you know, everybody's asking if I have a husband. People down here get married a lot younger than at home. Really? Like, give me the, give me the Colorado age. I mean, honestly, Colorado age, like, I see it's more trending now, but like older, like my parents got married older, probably like 26, 27, I would say is when people start getting married or thinking about getting married. And down here, all of my friends are married before 25. I mean, I was married when I was 20, so I can't. Exactly. And some of the weddings that I do, like for my side business, some of the weddings that I coordinate, like the groom wasn't 21 or older. Um, the bride was 22. The groom of another one was 21. Just, just, and I don't know if it's factual, but everyone around me has been married at a young age. I couldn't even legally drink at my wedding. Yeah. See? Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It does make sense though. I don't know. Hallmark movies. <laughs> watch too many Hallmark movies because I don't watch them at all. But Hallmark movies seem to be set like up north. And I guess there's like southern ones too, like Sweet Home Alabama, things like that. But I don't know. It does seem like as kids here, we're chasing that high school flame type situation. Or maybe like college flame. And we don't really give our, like, it's like we find them and we latch onto them and we know. And so we just jump into it. I don't know. I mean, I, d- I definitely know people who didn't get married until older. But I guess now that I think of it, you're right. Like the majority did get married probably earlier than 25. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. And sometimes I envy them, but I also feel and notice that they sometimes envy me too not that they don't wish they were married but they're like you have your whole life ahead of you like just um mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's another difference um let's talk animals you guys are literally like moving to jurassic park there are snakes there's pigs there's all these different kinds of bugs that I swear are trying to kill me. The mosquitoes are the size of my face. Um, there's frogs. Like, I am drowning in frogs in the spring in this house. That's all I hear. That's all I see. Hate it. Um, crickets. Grasshoppers. I mean, not that these animals don't exist other places, but it's, like, very prolific and they're very large here. I really do hate the insect population during the summer. June bugs? Oh, June bugs. Don't like those. They smell bad. They're crunchy. No. But when you think, when you say something like this is, what did you say? Jurassic Park? Uh Uh-huh. 
I think like, uh, sis, you have bears. I know. And that's what my friends always say. They're like, Bailey, you come from bears, mountain lion, elk, all these things that are trying to kill you. I'm like, yeah, but a bug bite could kill you here. I mean, I guess. I don't know. The snake thing bothers me. I it can't. Really bothers me. I don't have snakes. No, Colorado does, but not where I'm from. It's too high altitude and too cold. What a dream. I know. I mean, but- I'm fearful for my life all summer because of walking to the car at night in the dark. Yeah, I have weird fears. Like, I had a roommate at one point, and I would, like, make him walk outside and, like, like I would make him take the trash to the street because I'm afraid that a snake lives under my trash can. I would make him mow. One, I hate mowing. Two, I don't know what's out there. I don't want to know. Like, I, I cannot do the snake thing. I can't either. I've never been... I mean, I guess I've been close enough to one. Yeah, I have. I've never killed one. Honestly, I don't know if I have it in me to do it. I've got can't get close enough. But like, even just thinking about getting within striking distance of a snake gives me the chills. Mm-hmm. Time when I was working at home during COVID, in one day, I watched two different kinds of snakes crawl onto my deck out my bedroom window as I was working. And no. I, they make me gag. Like it, I had so much fear that day that I text Mitchell and was like, we're going to burn it down. We cannot live here. We're going to burn it down. And you're like everything. It's just massive spiders, huge, creepy crawling. And I'm not arachnophobia at all. Like I would rather kill a spider than a snake any day. But my gosh, are they huge and disgusting. And there's 807,000 different types of spiders. And I'm like, why? Why? Right. I don't know. And then there's just uh, too many kinds of bugs. They dive bomb you. Yeah. At at night in the summer, like try to have get togethers or something. It's like there's always just bugs or a nuisance. I don't know why they exist, honestly, I guess. They feed yeah. other things, but I shouldn't question the purpose of anything on God's earth, but sometimes I really sometimes I want to fight Noah for letting mosquitoes on the boat right but like you guys got wild critters too like um possums was new to me armadillos were new to me um like honestly turtles you guys are prolific with turtles um like at home if you're driving home in the dark you have to watch for the big game migration patterns because at night they go and drink water and I lived on the river so they were always on the highway on the way home so like I would call my mom and say okay I'm leaving so-and-so's house or I'm leaving whatever said okay watch for elk like that was her I love you to me and here it's like okay watch for hogs okay don't hit a turtle okay watch for armadillos armadillos and it's like bro where am I (laughs) dude I mean I can't imagine coming across it. I mean, we come across big bucks at night or like big hogs, but I can't com- imagine coming across like a freaking bear on the highway. <laughs> Just totally different oh. mindsets. I mean, that's what you were raised with. So it's normal. But like from an outsider's perspective, I'm telling you, quote me, Jurassic Park. Okay. Well, that's not something I thought you would bring up. But it does- <laughs> there are some drastic differences between us and you 
Yes. In regard animal wildlife. Wildlife for sure. Let's talk terminology because I had all my friends. Yeah. I had all my friends at work every, I feel like every day and it's like chilled out since I've been here a while, but probably for the first two years of my career in Texas, everybody would be like, what did you just say? That's not what we say. What did you call it? What is that? And it's and every once in a while, I'll still get one. But the terminology, I mean, let's start with the obvious one. Y'all. Okay. What I do you don't say? use, I say you guys, all of you. That is not what we say. You guys. I know. I know. And I know that's very Northern and Yankee or whatever you want to call me, but it's very interesting because in professional emails, not that y'all is not professional, but it blew my mind when I would receive emails from clients or from coworkers. And in the email, you would literally type y'all like, are y'all going to give shots today? And I'm like, what? Like it blew my mind that people put it in emails. I don't know why it blew my mind, but it did. Friendly. I know, but it's just, it was weird. I understand how that is like unprofessional or not as professional as you could. But But it's not because it's your vernacular. I mean, that's what you say. That's like. Hey, sis. Like, I say, hey, sis, in emails all day long. And that's probably my, my where people are like, oh, my gosh, does she really do that? But I really, because I'm, I'm friends with the people I'm talking to. I'm friends yeah. with guys. So, um, it's like saying, hey, sis. Or, hey, what's dude? I don't know. I think yep. you Perfect. Another one that Northerners know um, very well is you guys, you guys call soda or pop coke yeah which to us like coke is a brand so like when you say i want a coke you want a coca-cola red can soda on your table dr pepper sprite seven red can we talk about big red yeah that's that's southern we have mountain dew up north but you guys have big red and you guys love it do you I've had I think I got ruined on it because my coworker Sarah fed me a lot of big red margaritas one time and it just I was done. Like big red margaritas are delicious. They're so sweet and have so much sugar. Oh my gosh. Crazy. It's crazy to me. Drink truly's. I do drink truly's. Those are so, I think those are just, I mean, I know that is super sweet. Dude, when I was pregnant, Big Red and Reese's, I was like, every day, Big Red and Reese's. <laughs> I gained a lot of pregnancy, but I was happy. I was really happy. Oh, man. Another one that I had the girls text me some. And this, I don't know if this is a very localized thing or whatever, but okay, so the area of ground that cows are on or that you cut hay on what do you call that area that is a pasture okay in my world that is a meadow oh my yeah so anytime we cut hay first of all we call it haying season which my friends their minds were blown they say no we just go cut hay like or we're haying that's what i say like we're going haying not a thing down here apparently 
Um, but yeah, dad will say, go irrigate that meadow or go cut hay in that meadow or turn the cows out into the meadow. So everything's meadow. We do talk pastures when it's at a different place, like a different ranch, but like all the local ranchers on the, at least the river bottom, this may not be a full Colorado thing, but this is definitely a Kremlin Colorado thing. Everything is meadow. Like, oh, we went to Richard's meadow meadow cut hay or oh we went to the long riffle meadow cut hay apparently that's weird okay i am thinking back to like our family land and we do have an area that we call the hay meadow but but you probably call it a hay meadow don't you no it's a hay meadow i'm sure they call it i don't call (laughs) it a hay but it's a hay meadow but it's really like it's the place where we stack the hay. It's not the place. It's where our hay bales are lined up. Also, while we're on that subject, the fact that people just leave hay bales in the middle of the pasture or meadow drives me crazy. Like the moment that bale was baled at home, those bales are going in a stack. And that's, that is a Colorado thing. Like, you drive around here, and they'll put hay in bales, and then you'll drive by two weeks later, and the hay's still out there. And Wait, it drives me crazy. Where do you put your hay? We stack it in okay. hay stacks, like, immediately. Like, we have hay pins, and they're high fence so the elk don't get in, which is a Colorado thing. But, um... Oh, so, you are just saying segregate your hay together immediately when it's baled and we leave ours across a pasture for days at a time uh-huh. okay i'm with you i'm with don't you. don't know why i've always wanted to know why so if somebody wants to chip in and tell me why i'm listening but like to me it's like you guys get multiple cuts of hay throughout the summer we get one cut so i'm to gonna me, give you reasoning what i'm gonna give you my reasoning okay it's two days to do it all in one day (laughs) i know but for weeks at a time i mean you could have so much grass growing under those bales for your next cut like i will see bales out there for weeks and i guess maybe uh, i'm thinking of it this way but i guess y'all's ranches y'all's you guys' ranches (laughs) are so big too just like ours but like we've got several hundred acres of land and maybe bailed and so you can't get back to it immediately i don't know i really don't don't know either i don't know either because then maybe it's the humidity thing like you don't want to stack wet hay obviously but like we would bail all night then it would get too humid so we'd stop bailing and we'd change tractors and we'd go stack hay like we had headlights on the tractors and everything and every bale that we bailed that day was stacked before we started cutting the next day and we do have a large 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 amount of hay that we put up and so i'm not saying we're better or whatever i just i don't understand i don't understand is every wait hold on are all of you guys meadows (laughs) hay meadows or there's some sections of your ranches that are not designated to be hayed we try and hay everything that we can. There's a lot of sagebrush up there. So anything with sagebrush, we either brush beat and try and make it a hay meadow or we hay it. 
I mean, there's some alfalfa patches, but that like takes so much water that we personally don't do alfalfa, but we try and hay. I mean, if it grows grass, we're probably going to cut it and try and bale it. I can't imagine going, hey, are we haying today? Literally from July 31st to 1st of September, that's all our conversation is. But in the same sentence, you have hay in two different ways. Hey, are we haying today? <laughs> and then my nickname's Bales, so then it really gets oh, wild. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah, those are some differences. I don't know. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, we could talk about fashion. We could talk about terminology. We can talk about animals. We could talk about culture. But I will say text- texture. Jeez, Louise, I'm struggling. Texas has been the greatest adventure I've ever been on. I don't have any regrets of moving here. I've met the most amazing people I will ever meet in my entire life here. Um, I am proud to reside in Texas. I'm proud to have a Texas paycheck. All of that. But it is very hard to get rid of my roots, and I never want to. No way. So... I do enjoy going back home and comparing the two because it it is two different worlds and it's just so fascinating to me. Like all the differences, like, like I said, style, even like the culture is very food based down here up there. It's very activity based and that's not a slam. That's not saying like, Oh, Texas is obese, but like, like us, for our podcasts, our routine is we eat, we socialize, and then we go podcast. Like, there's food involved in a lot right. of things down here. Whereas home, it's, you know, like, oh, let's go, you know, hike a mountain and then we'll podcast. It's just very different mentalities. And, of course, it is. It's two different regions. But I, I love Texas. I love Colorado. They're just so different. Speaking of food, before we cut this off, what is a food that you – have fallen in love with since moving to Texas? I will say 90% of the food is fried here. Not 90. Called us out, didn't you? Not 90. That was aggressive. But, you know, like at home, we would eat smoked red trout, crackers, and some cream cheese. Like that would be a dinner at some point. Here, you go to fried catfish at New Baden, and it's awesome. But I think what, I mean, the catfish is good. I don't per se love catfish, but I love the social aspect that comes with fried catfish or a fish fry or a crawfish boil or something like that. So as far as that element of it, I would say a fish fry or a crawfish boil is my favorite just because of the environment. The food's okay. My favorite cuisine that I've eaten when I was down here, your Mexican food cannot be beat. Cannot be beat. It's so good. It's so good. And I do love the barbecue. I do. But it is heavy and it's a lot. And it's a lot of salt. So I do it sparingly, but I do love it. Yeah, but we don't do tortilla chips sparingly and that's got a lot of salt too. So I know. You know, I didn't need called out like that. Uh, okay, I just have to say this out loud, and I hate saying it. Still, just honestly ticked at you for it, but you don't love Whataburger. 
No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I've tried it. I've given it a good run. And I will say like, sometimes if I was out at the bar too late, there is nothing better than a Whataburger patty melt. But four hours later, I am miserable. Like Whataburger just does not sit well with me. You were miserable already. You were at the bar too late. It wasn't the patty melt. It was the okay. But I've what? had them sober too. And it has the same effect. I just like if I go to College Station and I'm a routine person, but I go to College Station for my groceries and I make a trip out of it. I go around lunchtime. So I get something. I try to get something different for lunch every time I go. And then I go to groceries. I wash my car and I come home. I have yet to intentionally go to Whataburger because I just, it's not there for me. It's not it. Okay. Cause it's there for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a full Texan until I love Whataburger. <laughs> okay. Last thing about food. Um, name another state that has waffle makers and their hotels in the, in the shape of their state. I can't, well, I mean, unless you want a square waffle, Colorado's got you beat. Nobody wants a square waffle, Bailey. Shut up. Um, I kid you not, for my birthday this year, I asked one of my coworkers for a Texas waffle maker because I think they're so cool. Yes. They're so cool. And, I mean, there's nothing more Texans love than Texas. I mean, maybe God, maybe football, but those are the three peers of texans probably the most commonly tatted thing on a texan like the texas state yep and like all i hear in my head right now is like tim riggins off of friday night lights where he's just like texas forever <laughs> it's true we all feel that way like you're never gonna take it out of anybody yeah you guys have a lot of pride i will give you that like i have one colorado state sweatshirt and I have like 10 Texas sweatshirts. Yeah. Not Texas, not, whew, not Texas. No. Yeah, not UT, but just Texas in general. Nobody's going to kill you, Bailey. Um, I know one person that will. Sometimes we like to wear longhorns, even though she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys have a lot of pride in your schools, in your state, and whatever. And that's another attribute that I do like. Sometimes it's overwhelming and sometimes it's overdone. But you guys do love, you have yeah. so much pride. So much pride. We do. Texas high school football is killer. We know that that one is crazy. And I would just love to mention that last week when we were recording, after we finished, I asked you. How long do you want to live in Texas? Because you have made a couple big moves and your response, which is, I think the perfect ending to this episode is forever. That's what you said. You said, um, forever, like question mark on the end. <laughs> Texas forever, Kara. Absolutely. You're going to live <laughs> forever. And even if you don't like we're, you're changed because of the Texas that Texas is. And we're changed because you've now educated us. On you guys' meadows. Oh my gosh. I'm going to hang up now. I think this episode's done. <laughs> I hate you so much. All right. Well, we've learned it all. We've 
still feel that it's superior than Colorado. And cheers, everyone. Okay, hold up. Before you cheers, everyone, go follow our Instagram. We'll probably do some question boxes on this episode. I would love to hear some input from Texans. Um, Also, check our Instagram for Kara's announcement of when she's going to kill me because that's legal. I can, as long as I give 24 hours and why, I'll put it there. I'll tag her so that everybody knows it's coming. No one's going to be shocked by it. And then I can still work the next day like normal. Uh, Yeah. Go check us out. Mimosas with Hermosa podcast. And now, Kara, you may say goodbye to our listeners. Welcome to Texas and cheers, everyone.